1: Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined by my co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, buddy how are you? (laughs) I just just hit the mic too when I did that. And this is definitely gonna be one that you need to watch on YouTube because Bree Bree has the pen. She's a pen mustache. It's like mustachio. (laughs) Yeah. We decided evil to do something else to not (laughs) (laughs) do something else to not focus on our fear. Because we're yes. talking today about parenting through fear.
0: Yes, and actually, we were talking recently. So we, of course, always record these a little bit in advance. There was an article uh, going around recently about a Tesla that crashed over a cliff in California. Yes, and, and my my dad
1: sent me this article this morning because he know I know better. Just, <laughs> I just got a Tesla three months, like three or four months ago. And I'm sure he was like, look at this, this could happen.
0: Well, okay. (laughs) So like, that was my point. So this article noted that the Tesla went over the cliff, like deviled slide in California and that all the people survived. Thank God. But I was saying to you that I thought it was really weird that they kept focusing on it being a Tesla. Like Mm -hmm. if it was a Hyundai, you wouldn't hear like a Hyundai goes over a cliff in California. You'd be like a car went over a cliff, They kept focusing on the fact it was a Tesla.
1: Well, here's the thing about Tesla, since my family's very anxiety prone. So, of course, as soon as I got a Tesla, my sister's like, Joanne, those cars kill people. They take control. And they go, I'm like, no, they don't. They don't do that. He's like, anytime Elon Musk can put some software in there
0: and have your car run off the road. I'm like, no. Okay. That's going back to the whole like iRobot movie theme and that robots will take over. But no. (laughs) Okay. So that is interesting though, because I was telling you off the mic that- I thought that it was weird they were saying Tesla because I felt like they were doing one of two things. They being the media, they were either trying to freak people out, like you just said, that Teslas are going to kill you in self driving yeah. mode, or which I
1: totally believe was the angle, knowing or, media. Yeah.
0: Because all the people survived. They were like, look how safe a Tesla is. They careened 250 feet down into the rocks and everybody still survived. Yeah. Injured, but survived. So so yeah, I thought those and then now here we are two days later and a recent article came out that it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a Tesla or self driving mode, that it was the driver. But yeah, which is it's interesting. It's It's all about that fear.
1: It is, it is all about the fear. Fear in the media, of course, sells. I mean, I was a broadcast journalism major and all of my professors warned us about this maxim they say in newsrooms, where if it bleeds, it leads, which means if it's bloody, then it's the first story because that's what attracts everybody to your newscast. And of course, like my professors were that's horrible, I can't believe they do that. But it was something to be prepared for when you go out into the working world to know this happens. So the fear is a huge part. I think fear is just a huge part of all of our lives. It's one of the reasons like I don't watch any news anymore because they're playing on everybody's fears for ratings because that's how they get paid. That's how the money comes in.
0: News can just in general be very overwhelming. Like it just, especially as a parent, because you think back and they talk about this too, about how it it feels like everybody is getting kidnapped. and hurt these days and like none of that crap happened when we were kids but apparently it did we just didn't know about it because we weren't connected all the time like we are now so it's just it's scary as a parent because anywhere you turn in the news you're going to find an article about something of your worst fear that could happen to your own kids and it makes it so hard not to not to have those thoughts racing through your head when you are coming up with rules and or choosing how to discipline your child. Right. Totally. As far as I'm concerned, my kids are constantly going to be kidnapped and taken into sex trafficking or run over on the road, like whatever it's going to happen. It's going to happen because it's in the media and I hear it all the time. It's usually
1: a lot less prevalent though than the media makes it seem like they take like one situation out of a million. And when you see that one situation, you're like, oh my gosh, this is happening everywhere. When, you know, it is one situation and it is good to be aware of those things and just be aware of surroundings, of course, if you're out with kids, but to know that it's very, very rare that these things happen and to also know if your parenting is affected by it. And that's what we are going to talk about today. Hope you enjoy this episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No
0: Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, so let's just be honest. Honestly, everybody out there in podcast land, I want you to nod your head, raise your hands. Who has ever had a rule or had a reaction to something your kids did that was fully run by, oh my God, XYZ is gonna happen to my kids. Like and oh it gosh. and it was like a really bad XYZ. Like my kids gonna get run over. My kids gonna get kidnapped. My kid's gonna swallow a magnet and it's gonna tie up their intestines and they're gonna die. Like whatever it is, right? <laughs> All those things go through my head all the time, all the time.
1: Even my son is nine now and he really likes to bike around the neighborhood, but it really took me a long time to let him do that because I was like, oh my gosh, what if he gets hit by a car in the neighborhood? What if somebody kidnaps him in the neighborhood? Everything goes through my head. And then the only thing that makes me let him do it is I think back and I'm like, okay, I wanted to do these things at his age. And then I have to repeat to myself it is very improbable that things, things will happen. And I just let him know to be aware and he knows to be aware. And then I give him time limits. I'm like, not time limits, but I just ask him, I'm like, okay, like how, how long are you going to be? What time should I look at the clock? And that's when I'll start worrying. And he's like 30 minutes. I'm like, cool. And he's (laughs) been back before those 30 minutes. So I haven't had to worry
0: at all. (laughs) You've been able to keep that one in check.
1: I've but, been able to keep it in check, but it's really, it's difficult. There's so many fears as a parent.
0: Right. And I think that if we really take a little step back here, these fears, it's its a fear about what, like you just said, what could happen versus what's mm-hmm. going to, what is likely to actually happen. And it causes us to be that helicopter parent, which I find hilarious because I've talked to my parents about that before. They're like, helicopter parenting was not a thing. Never heard that term before until, you know your oldest sister started to have kids that it kind of became a big thing. And now you say helicopter parenting and everybody knows what you're talking about. And Mm -hmm. we all know that you don't want to be a helicopter parent because the helicopter parent, the one that is like always like hovering over, over everything, trying to constantly keep an eye and to control all situations and not in a bad way. They're trying to control situations because they love their, their kids and they don't want them to get hurt. But when you're doing that, causes so much stress because then everything is on your shoulders you it are does. literally taking everything on
1: and i think there is a shift actually where everything seems to be the mom's fault um like if a kid is bad they always go to the mom they don't go to the dad they go well to because the mom. dad just has
0: to show up and he's a good dad exactly and i love dads but let's just be honest That kind of is how the rule goes. There is a very
1: standard. Moms compare themselves to having a completely organized house with well-behaved kids. That's the ideal that you see on TV shows or on movies. And then dads, they're like, well, I'm not a deadbeat dad. I'm doing pretty good. So it's it's a lower standard. It's funny because I'm reading this one book. It's by Stacey Willingham. It's called All the Dangerous Things. I read thrillers, but... (laughs) And you're going to laugh that I'm actually reading this thriller. I don't know why I do this to myself. This one is about a woman whose toddler son was kidnapped in the middle of the night. And it comes into the story a year later where there's still no information, no clues about him. And it's a totally cold case. But... What's interesting is that she's going around and she's going to these true crime conferences to keep the cold case alive. So she's telling her story and the way she's getting paid is they're giving her the list of all the attendees because she's trying to hunt down who might've taken him because for some reason, people who commit the crime are more likely to come to these things and relive it. Wow! But yeah, it's intense so far. The only reason I'm still reading is because there's something else going on here. Like, you know, there's something else going on Yeah, because- they went back to her example of as a kid, she's a sleepwalker. And so I'm like, they wouldn't mention she's a sleepwalker if it didn't have something to do with the story. I'm on to you, thrillers. I know what's going on. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back. in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes.
0: Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose, I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live and Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. But the point
1: is she makes it very, very clear in the story that everyone always looks to her and is uncomfortable around her and blames the mom when they look and they're like, oh, it's not that my son just disappeared. It's like, what did you do wrong that made your son disappear? why didn't you have this like baby monitor in his room why didn't you check that window before he went to sleep and not asking the same things of dads so i think moms have an additional pressure and that's why parenting through fear and knowing that you're doing it is so important
0: right right it is because honestly when it comes to the whole parenting through fear there's two things of it first of all you have to be able to recognize that that's what you're doing that you're that you are parenting and a way through fear and anxiety and then once you can recognize it then you can start working on it like your example you had with your son with the bike riding like you realize that that fear is or that those fears that those things are definitely going to happen to him are a little bit bigger in your head than probably in real life statistics right there's a song have you ever heard the song by uh um a bare naked ladies uh oh poop (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's a song about like the the probability of like dying and they have like the whole song is about oh yeah really, I know what you're right? talking about mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's song, all these weird ways you could die but more than likely like you're gonna have a good day or something like that like these things won't actually happen to you um yeah I don't know where I was going with that but yeah
1: yeah <laughs> but I mean it's like it's looking at the probability of things happening or yeah. like you went back to the establishing of rules because we were recently at a gathering and a close friend was oh my gosh like i don't let my son say hi to anyone and we're all like what this is so weird we just didn't know what to say we were just here and come find out Months later, that this close friend has this overwhelming anxiety that her son is going to get kidnapped and taken away from her. And so, if she can prevent him from engaging with people, because she's always been told, Oh, you know, it's always the women get mugged who say hi to like these strange men on their roots. I know there's all these things. There's all these things and stuff that are like drilled into, especially women from a young age that aren't true, are meant to kind of are meant to keep
0: us safe but end up
1: as little, really yeah, little red riding, riding
0: hood Little red riding hood like that whole fable mm-hmm. was created to say like if 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 a if a little girl doesn't listen and she veers off the path she's not only gonna hurt herself she's gonna hurt a grammy can you believe that
1: like what stories about boys were like that i can't even think of one i can think of boys lying like the jack whole and jill boy maybe, who cried wolf uh,
0: I don't know. But you don't why? know. Why That's is that true? Him? You know well, what? <laughs> People need to comment. So, comment on this episode if you could tell us a nursery rhyme or an old story where like a boy gets in as much trouble as Little Red Riding Hood. Cause I want to hear that. that There's is- a
1: lot of stories like that to keep you small and keep you safe. I bet you could look at a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, Rumple, like Rumple Stiltskin. She made a negotiation to give away her firstborn child. How dare she? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never because negotiate she with money. terrorists. <laughs> no, here
1: you go. No, look at Rumpel Stiltskin. Um, she needed to earn, like she, she needed to earn money. And so she said she could spin straw into gold because she needed to earn a living. But the only way she could earn a living was if she gave up her child. Yeah. Like, what it's,
0: deep-seated, like, norms are put into us? We choose to tell these to our children as bedtime stories. It is very odd. It is very well, odd. If when you see it, you're like, that's messed up. That's messed yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: okay. No wonder we have all these issues.
0: <laughs> but I digress. All right. So really quick, we're going to run over a couple of signs. So in case you're listening to this episode and you're not quite sure if you fall into this category of... Parenting through fear, parenting through anxiety, or you think you are, but you like to hear that confirmation just to know for sure. I'm one of those people. I pretty much know things, but I'm like, I still want to see if I can check off all these things just to know.
1: Well, it's also a form of connection. If you know that this is a pretty normal thing and it happens to so many people and you are not odd, that is even more reason to like go in the direction to try to change it because you're like,
0: oh, There's a fix for this. I can go like
1: talk about it.
0: There is a fix. So, so Mm -hmm. let's start with our signs. Like what is the first, the first sign that you might be parenting through fear? If you're trying to shield your child from
1: things to avoid negative situations, like you're trying to keep them away from parties or something where you feel something bad will happen, or you don't want them to go to a certain activity because you've you've heard that that activity can cause injuries, like trampoline parks, for example, or or bike rides or or (laughs) bike rides or like climbing up on something and you're like, no, get down, get down, get down. Like yeah, those kind of behaviors too. Although some of those things are, I mean, that happen. Accidents happen. I remember, I I think of that thing about get down from it. Eric was climbing up on the front of our house, and he was just walking around. He fell into the bushes with sticks, and he avoided his eye by like by this like smidge, like a hair. It could have been really really bad, but that was a rare incident and you know what he's much more balanced careful now careful now
0: yeah 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 i was going to say when you were talking about the whole bike riding thing i thought for sure you were going to say you were concerned about him getting hurt because that boy has broken more bones than uh camden has he has he has uh but another thing that's interesting is i don't know if i've told you this
1: but so i'm pretty klutzy i run into walls i injure myself in really bizarre strange ways like not normal ways people injure themselves joanne how did that happen kind of injure yourself My parents padded all the furniture when I was younger. I see pictures of padding on every single piece of furniture in their house, every sharp corner, every hard edge of a couch. Everything was padded. And my sister, they didn't pad it. (laughs) And she actually, uh, she's not as klutzy as I am. She doesn't hurt herself in weird ways. She hurts herself in ways that like, you're like, yeah, I can understand how that happened.
0: Kind kind of like of That thing. couch came out of nowhere. It just jumped right in my bath.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> was walking through the living room one time when I was a kid and I stepped on something. I wasn't looking where I was going. And I looked down and it was my mom's hummingbird ornament that had fallen off of the M- entertainment center. And the hummingbird pierced, pierced my toe. It was going in one side and going out the other. <sighs> because I, I don't have like, I didn't have very good body awareness but wow. that's one of the things when your parents through when you're when you're fearful of something, you don't let your kids develop those mechanisms to give them
0: protection
1: yeah. when they get older. Cuz
0: they have to have some experiences to learn how things will actually happen. Cuz if I get yeah. like you just said like we're always avoiding it and shielding them, then they're going to think that there's nothing bad that can happen. So, yeah, and yeah. then stuff
1: happens that you're like, "What?" Was that? I know, right?
0: Okay, so the second sign is that you quickly move from unlikely situations that are a possibility to a probability. And we were talking <laughs> about that earlier. That's where it's like, okay, so it's possible that my kid could go to the park while I'm, like, I'm, I, I know one thing I used to do. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I used to go to the dog park back when I lived in my old neighborhood. And adjacent to the dog park was a kid's park. So I remember my kids had to beg me, and it took me months to be okay with them not having to stand around at the dog park and like watch all the dogs because I wouldn't let them pet other people's dogs because I was also afraid they get bit. And it probably mm-hmm. is a decent, which is rule a safe thumb. thing to do. Yeah, dogs probably, are very untrustworthy. Probably a decent. Yeah, having one myself, <laughs> yeah. But it took me months to let them go play at the playground where I could visibly see them. Because I thought it was a probability, not a possibility, but a probability that someone would kidnap them and take them away at the park. Even though they were no more than hundred feet away from me, I could see them the whole time. Yeah, like you just you go from that situation where you start thinking that what you see in the news is definitely a more than 50% chance it's going to happen to your kids. Mm -hmm. That is where you're kind of in a in a not so great place.
1: There. No. And it gets really scary. And I, I mean, I have those feelings all the time that I constantly yeah. have to work through. Like, i tell con- yourself this
0: isn't logical. This isn't I'm logical. I'm
1: everyone will get into a car accident when I'm like, oh, my husband's not texting me. Oh, have to check Google Maps. Look at the traffic. It's what I do. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly like, how we all have. Tra- yeah. And we have trackers on our phone. Like, I'm yeah. tracked by my family and I you're do. tracked by your family.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That. That was the funniest thing I remember. And you know why I'm tracked by my family, if you remember me telling you why. It all got started when I was uh, newly divorced and I started dating. My mom was convinced somebody was going to kidnap me and I was going to end up like dead in a field somewhere. So she was like, please just put this tracker on your, please join our Life 360 circle so we know where you are. And I'm like, fine.
1: Fine. Yeah. But- it just makes my parents feel better. My mom and dad, they, it which makes them feel better that they know where I am. So I'm like, okay, right. I'll do it.
0: Right. It could, it's, it's, it, there, there are varying degrees. But but again, like this, the point of this is that if it's affecting how you parent, that's mm-hmm. where that line is being crossed. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above
0: So what is the third sign and we see this one a lot. You don't have
1: your own life outside of your kids' problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard if you feel like your kids' drama is your drama. If their like fight with their BFF becomes all encompassing and affects your life as well. It could be a sign that, you know, you're parenting through fear.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of us struggle with that. We kind of get wrapped up into what happens with our kids mm-hmm. so much so that, like you, it, it just it like you said, like their problems become our problems.
1: Yeah, and which is it, a hard place to be because we have enough problems. We don't need more problems on our plate.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> we do not. So, all right. So we've established now, like some of those. So some of those things are things that you will likely see or be able to check off as, yeah, I do that. And if you are doing that, you are more than likely parenting from a place of fear and anxiety, which Mm -hmm. isn't healthy. It's not healthy for you because it drives you bonkers. It It causes a lot of stress. Yeah. It's emotionally exhausting. Mm -hmm. But for our kids too, doesn't it make them have more anxiety? Because then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, all these bad things are going to happen to me if I go out and I say hi to strangers so I can't. I I shouldn't be doing that.
1: Exactly, And it's just anxiety talking. And it's so important that we're having this discussion about anxiety because I feel like people think it's real. Like what you think in your head, you make seem real when it's not, when it's something that we have control of, even though it may not seem we have control of, it's like a process that we can work through where we would have better control of our thoughts. Which then lead to our feelings, which then lead to our actions. So what's the first thing to do if you know that you're parenting through fear, Brie?
0: The first thing you can do is just, like we said earlier, acknowledge it and accept that you are fearful. Because (laughs) once you acknowledge that you're dealing with fear and that you've got some anxiety and that it's affecting how you do things with your kids, then, then you can actually start working on it. And mm-hmm. coming up with a more positive thought process and being more aware of like, oh, perhaps that rule that they're never allowed to be more than 10 feet away from me. Maybe that's a little bit overbearing. Maybe they, you know, they are, they are 15 and 16. Perhaps they can do more on their own.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or joking. even Hopefully like I
0: got a laugh out of some people. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully
1: 15 or 16. Yes.
0: <laughs> I know. 15 or 16. Maybe they can walk more than 10 feet away from me. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I can totally do this. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, if it's even making like your
1: stress level rise too, if you like, like me, I knew I was fearful. I knew I had all this anxiety. I was um, managing it pretty well with like, not the rules, but it was causing me a lot of extreme pain. So if it's causing you extreme pain, there is help for it. There is help. I go to therapy. I have a great nurse practitioner psychiatrist now, have some great anxiety meds that are working wonders and controlling my bodily reactions to thoughts and events, which just make life a little bit easier. Yeah. So, and before you take,
0: yeah, before you take any path on like what to do, you have to acknowledge it first.
1: Mm -hmm. You have to acknowledge it.
0: Well, like you said, there are so many tools out there that can help you deal with it, but that first step is acknowledging that it's there. Mm -hmm. So, what's the second step, Joanne? What's the second thing they can do? So
1: this is about, you know, taking little small steps and exposing yourself to your fears so you can conquer them. This is actually like, there's some psychology basis in this and called exposure therapy where you just keep introducing yourself to the situation. If your child wants to ride their bike around the block, let them ride their bike around the block. And maybe the first time you could see them. And maybe the second time, like it's supposed to be five minutes. And maybe the next time it's 10 minutes and just gradually increase it until you're at the point where like, okay, nothing bad happened. I'm okay with this.
0: Yeah. Like we're not saying that anybody has to let their kids do something that makes them so stressed out and so scared and so fearful or to do anything reckless by any means. But Mm -hmm. when you realize that you have an, an overwhelming fear. That is causing you to possibly, again, parent from a place of fear, not parent from a place of uh, realistic concern. Is that a good way to
1: put it, maybe? Yeah, Uh. I would say that's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. So, like, if you're not parenting from a place of realistic concern and you know that you're overdoing it, you are over the edge, you have jumped the shark, you are just past it. Take those little steps. If you're afraid of the trampoline park, take them and let them, like, go on the kitty one and see. And if they don't break any arms or legs, then great. Maybe we can do the next one. (laughs)
1: Something else that really helps is to pay attention to what you're saying to yourself and your self-talk. And this comes from Brene Brown, actually, that a lot of times our fear, we think our fear means that something bad is going to happen. But what our fear actually means is that at that moment, we're feeling vulnerable We love our kids so, so much that we are feeling vulnerable to losing them. And focusing on that love for your kids and that feeling of vulnerability and identifying what that is makes you more able to take that step of exposing yourself to your fears.
0: It does. And actually, Mm -hmm. that is fantastic because that leads us right into, that solidifies our third thing that you can do, which is to talk yourself through situations instead of assuming that you know what's going to happen or assuming that you know exactly what your kids are thinking. Because part of this parenting through fear too is being afraid that your kids are like doing crazy stuff in their head, that they're thinking of stupid, crazy things. Yes. Right? It is. So, and
1: know like you're not alone in this either. We talk to so many women who join us in balance, who come into balance, having a lot of fears about their kids and a lot of fears that their kids won't end up okay or won't end up responsible. And through like working with us and working with the group, they're able to master a simple method of communication that we teach in Calm and Happy Parenting. And they're also able to Figure out that where these fears are coming from, what self-talk they're telling themselves, and just having this more even, calm state because they're looking at the thoughts in their heads and uh, thinking through them.
0: Right, because I think something that you said, a lot of us, we don't process what our own concerns are. Mm-hmm. right? Like we're just, we assume a lot of times assuming happens so often in parenting. We assume that we know what everybody else is thinking, not out of a bad way, just out of experience. We're like, listen, I've been on this earth six times as long as you have. I don't know, whatever. Uh, so I have way more experience than you do. I know what's going to happen next. And sometimes you're right, but sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we assume we know what our kids are thinking because, you know, we know our kids,
1: but mm-hmm.
0: We don't always know our kids.
1: We don't. And sometimes they're thinking through situations much better than we give them credit for. Like one of the things we teach first in Calm and Happy Parenting is about drilling down and finding out your kid's point of view. And sometimes I get really scared about a situation. For instance, my son, when he started walking home from the bus and I'm like, okay. Well, tell me what you would do if somebody like approached you and we talk through it. You're and problem solving. He, he had some, some ideas there and some other things were like, okay, well, here's what you should actually do. And here's that, but just talking through it and seeing the reasoning process and giving them those skills for problem solving makes me so much more confident as a parent, uh, like giving up that responsibility to him than yeah. it would if I had just been like, nope, I'm there. And it well, also frees up a lot of my time too, because I don't have to go and pick him up from school. He walks home from us.
0: I know, right? <laughs> and I mean, yeah. so the problem solving is fantastic on two levels. You can do it at, at where you also have the conversation in a safe place at home, your role playing it, but also letting them have the opportunity to problem solve themselves. Because mm-hmm. if our kids are constantly knowing or waiting for us to swoop in and fix the situation or to swoop in and fix what all's going on. They're never really going to learn how to problem solve. And isn't mm-hmm. our main goal, all of us, is for our kids to be happy and healthy? And, for sure. And to be able to do things that they want to be able to do, to have that freedom, to have that 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 self-confidence to do things on their own, which they'll never get if we're always there and no fixing it and meddling with it.
1: <laughs> so takeaway point for this episode, notice if you're fearful. And then take these steps to try to at least manage the fear and give more responsibility to your kids. Yes. For sure. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by.